What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Music Corner. Riff State Awakes. I'm Nate. I'm back, baby. And I'm Sebastian. And today, you know what time it is. The three amigos back at it again with the new tunes for the people like you. Uh, Yeah, kind of a big week, actually. Pretty big artists on this week and uh, definitely some stuff to say about all of them. But, you know, you're, you're going to hear it. We're going to do it. And we're going to start it out with a band that's probably the least known out of everybody. Uh, a band called Gridlink. Uh, Coronet Juniper, I believe is how it's said here. Coronet Juniper. Uh, yeah, this is a grindcore band who, uh, I just randomly discovered. Uh, and they had two albums that came out this year. I didn't listen to the first one at all, I don't think, but, I mean, definitely listened to this one, and I thought it was pretty damn solid. It was pretty consistent. It was pretty fiery, energetic, uh, what you would expect out of any sort of grindcore album, I would say. Um... I think, if I recall correctly, there was some actual, like, not, um, like, fast-paced, like, riffage. There was actually some, like, melodic moments kind of, like, thrown in there. Um, and uh, <laughs> it, it actually made it, like, you know, different than most. What I'm laughing at, though, is that I forgot that this album had uh, a whole second half dedicated to just a karaoke version. So if you just wanted to sing along to some of the instrumentals, <laughs> I mean, there it is for you, the entire album karaoke-fied so that's pretty fun but um yeah no i mean there's not much else to it it's pretty you know short simple to the point grindcore what you would expect out of any sort of uh grindcore project favorite songs if i had to name a couple uh silk ash cascade and ocean vertigo um but then again too like i didn't have too much saved anyway because it's so like the songs are so quick that it's not really worth it because if it came on it would just be like done in a second practically but even then that doesn't like you know diminish any sort of like talent or how good something sounds on this one for me personally uh eight out of ten for me at the end of the day uh grindcore for life take it hell yeah uh sebastian though take it away next i'm not the biggest grindcore guy but i'll give credit where credit is due uh the vocals are pretty damn tolerable uh and i say this because if Y'all don't listen to grindcore. It's it's an acquired taste, uh, for sure. It's got a lot of just a lot of like really lows or really highs in this case, where it's just really rapid fire, really just disheveled and um off putting. But that's like the goal of it. So it's not I'm not saying anything new when I say it's definitely not my thing. But I will say, like I said, it's it's good sounding. It's not mixed atrociously, which I know that's also a thing of the genre, and I get it. It's the aesthetic. Uh, not my favorite, but this one I feel like is kind of an outlier in that um, in that kind of mixing area. The, the songs are really short. I mean, this is grindcore. We are not looking at any prog or, in this case, um, I, I guess, like, avant-garde type of lengths of an album, like uh, last week's albums by Sprain. You're not looking at anything close to that. That's probably, like, an eighth of how long sprained album is so uh yeah this is a quick thorough listen i think the longest song on here is like only like two and a half almost three minutes that's um right. yeah yeah so like that that's giving you a, a lowdown the rest the rest are like i think there's like one other two two and a half minute song and then the rest are like one minute to like a minute and a half so you're not really missing a lot if you go through it uh you're not or sorry you're not really like taking a lot away from your listening experience listening to the whole thing because it's like less than 30 minutes so it doesn't really matter that much but if you if you do want to go into it uh but if you don't want to go into it and take it from me i'm not a big fan of this kind of stuff it's just very much just rapid fire just here let's just throw a bunch of random like riff salad at the wall but yeah, at least it's tolerable and not the worst I've heard in the grindcore era or the grindcore genre. Sorry, uh, trying to just read while doing this. Uh, this is definitely a six out of ten for me. Hell yeah, Trent. Yeah, uh, I'm on the same boat. Uh, not the not the biggest grindcore fan, but I do love the melodic elements that were implemented into it. I think that, like Nate said, that definitely made it. Um, I get uh, somewhat more listenable, where it's not the same shit. Yeah, um, different too from most bands. Yeah, hundred percent different. Which is 
we like that in metal. Give me a little bit of something different. Fuck. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably like it. Um the fucking karaoke version threw me for a loop though, because as soon as I saw a karaoke version, I just thought of the guy singing Thousand Miles uh in oh, the yeah. fucking bar. Like yeah. he's doing like the big squeals and shit. Um but yeah, overall, uh the mix though, I actually thought the mix was pretty good. Uh drums didn't overpower the bass. I was still able to hear the bass, which is fucking nice. Um he had like two different octaves on the guitar peek through sometimes. I think the vocals could have been toned out a bit. Uh but for the most part, everything was it was pretty good. Uh for I mean two albums. And this year? these are like yeah. the only two albums that they have, I'm pretty sure. At least that I saw. Um that's pretty damn good. We take that. Uh I gave it a six out of ten. Hell yeah, there you go. All right. Moving along, we got a new album from the legendary act, the all-time mighty ones, Puddle of Mud, Ubiquitous. Trent, go ahead and start her out. Oh, let me just say, I need an easy friend. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, after the Sirius XM live show, um, I honestly just think anything that they do will always just come back to that, which is unfortunate. I mean, it's like they're they're one thing. Everybody has like that one bad thing that everybody just goes. Yeah, you remember this, <laughs> buddy, um, which is unfortunate um, because, you know, Puddle of Mud does have that like um, that presence in that like butt rock slash divorce dad rock scene. <laughs> um, but I see the album itself wasn't too bad, but it definitely could have been way fucking better. Um, nowhere near the bottom of my list for the end of the year. Uh I, it's a four out of ten for me. I really have not much to say about it. it this is more like a go listen to your yourself kind of album and then figure out you know what you think about it. But uh, like I said, honestly, for for the butt rock slash divorce dad rock scene, it's I. <laughs> it, it'll get a slight pass. <laughs> it, it gets a pass. <laughs> there you go, uh, Sebastian. I I'm on the uh, opposite end of the spectrum and not in a good way. <laughs> um. <laughs> And uh, I, yeah, like this is, uh, I mean, it's definitely going to be something of the year. Um, and, uh, I mean, I don't think it's definitely going to be worst of the year. It's pretty close though. It is pretty close. And all of it has to do with, uh, I I would say like 95% of it has to do with the vocals. They're awful. Oh my God. These vocals are awful. Like I, it sounds like the man is fighting for his life trying to get some of these notes out. It just sounds just, just I, I, I there's no other word to use other than awful. Um, he, if you know that Sirius XM, that very infamous show, I feel, I felt really bad for them as a band because they still had to put that out there. They still had to go through that and all the, all the ridicule but to drop an album that is that basically that level of vocal performance, but just times the whole album. I mean, fuck. How the fuck do you like just dig yourself out after this? Um, there are just some parts like Candy, which is like this love ballad where he's like, oh, candy, candy, candy. It's like really like into the fucking mic. And it just sounds like absolute horse shit. Um, it just. It sounds so bad. I mean, I can I can hear the level of tension in his neck when he is trying to reach for any high notes. Obviously, the lower range sounds fine. Um, like in uh, <laughs> in you wrecked me with uh, that, like divorced dad typing out shit because you know apparently smartphones don't have a full com- a full fucking keyboard still. Um, you wrecked me was uh definitely a better point i would say vocally but then he decides to go with some fucking like weird ass country ass twangy shit that really made no sense um with like butterface i i was like i'm looking at everything butterface and i'm like oh my god this fucking hook sucks my fucking god like I just I I don't know how this man gets anything like I I obviously um, I I don't think their old stuff is that bad when I hear it like um, what's that what's the really famous song about like about like a death in the family is that blurry yeah blurry yep 
Yeah, like that song is genuinely good. Like I, I don't like butt rock. Y'all know I'm a huge butt rock hater, but like they don't have that many like bad hits. I would say their hits are pretty uh, compared... damn good, honestly. In general, right, right. In their prime, they were pretty damn good. Right, and, she fucking uh, hates meat banger. Literally. I, I don't th- like. I don't even think it's a bad song at all. But like this, this album really just makes like I even re-listened to some of those old things. I'm like, has, has he always sounded this bad? And no, that's not the case. This is definitely like a new thing. Um, I mean, it's age. It's also just poor vocal technique. There's a lot of things that can be attributed to how bad he sounds here. And yeah, and also the drums. Oh my fucking god, the drums sound like they were in a fucking Pringles can. Like. I, I don't understand how you can make drums sound so fucking tinny in a mix without it being Saint Anger. Like, it is it is borderline Saint Anger type of shit with just how tinny and fucking dry these drums are. So fucking bad. Uh, guitars are fine. Bass is fine. Those are, like, the only two good elements of the album. But, like, that really doesn't help it. It's, like, just trying to, like, put a little bit of glitter on top of just a huge, massive pile of horse shit. Um... I mean, it's going to look a little bit prettier, I guess, but it's still horseshit. Um, good fertilizer, at least. Uh, zero out of ten. I found no enjoyment out of this. I mean, there are some good things, but I will. you cannot catch me listening to this. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, um, it's it's a shame to see how far Puddle of Mud has fallen off. Not that they were like going to probably be like back up there anytime soon. I mean, like it was very obvious that they peaked on the come clean album uh they had a few singles you know sprinkled around that weren't bad like psycho was a good one uh i really like the song famous for you guessed it being on a wwe video game smackdown versus raw 2008 shout out to my fucking wwe fans out there we're still (laughs) (laughs) we're still out there we're still out there man dude nate you gotta pull these (laughs) wwe fans into our fan base like that's all we need like you're gonna be our wwe rep i I don't i when are we sponsoring a wwe Dude, yeah. I don't know. They already merged with UFC, so I don't know. They don't. I don't think they need the money or even like the sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. Like shit. Oh my god. But um, yeah. So since those days, uh, West Scantlin of Puddle of Mud has gotten himself in some fun little wacky adventures, from DUIs to just being arrested for assault, uh, you know, uh, uh, drug possession and anything you think of he's probably been arrested for and it was only uh, the past couple of years where it seemed like he was starting to get his shit together and uh, while recent events about the whole cancellation of uh either a show or the whole tour um where he claims he had no clue that it was canceled uh it's starting to look a little uh blurry if you will with uh, what's going on with him again but we're here to talk about the album here, which, I mean, going into it, I knew it wasn't going to be anything special here. It's Puddle of Mud after their prime with an album cover that looks like it belongs to a local bar band. Um, and yeah, I mean, it even sounds like something that a local bar band would probably put out, you know? I mean, it's your basic post-grunge, you know, style of music with that weird country side of things that really just has no reason to be on there you know i mean it's just kind of there and it you know it's pointless to me especially because this band from what i know never really had a country vibe to them but i mean hey maybe there's a song or two from the past that they did i don't know but um yeah his vocals have definitely uh been have have been better they have been a lot better before um it kind of just it sounds like how it usually does just a bit more raspy and a little bit more high pitch too. It's a little weird. Like it's not anything. He, he's out of his prime though. It's not anything that is unexpected at this point, but I mean, Hey, it's like if you're selling shows still, I mean, you go off, I guess, but I don't know. I mean, it seems like they're well past their days and I don't think they need to be making any more music, but yeah, there's nothing really that redeemable about this album. Instrumentally is totally fine. They've usually been pretty solid with that. Um, I think poke out my eyes. The last track, if I had to pick would be like one of the better ones. Cause it's like, it, it really is like a grunge track, not even like post grunge, but it's got like a very abrasive grunge side to it, you know? And if it wasn't for his shitty vocals, I think it could be a pretty cool song, almost like a homage to Nirvana. Even it kind of reminds me of the song. Um, uh, was it, uh, 
fuck it was a it was a hidden track i think it was called like endless nameless or something like that yeah endless nameless by nirvana it was a hidden track after uh something in the way on Nevermind. Uh, definitely has those vibes to it but not nearly as good or even as like you know chaotic it's just it's longer for puddle mud standards uh but yeah at the end of the day i give this one a five out of ten it's my least favorite of the week not the worst of the year at all by any means i think we've had far worse albums than this one um but it's like it's butt rock and you know puddle of mud's a meme so why not talk about it you know so there you have it with them but um moving along to another um another iconic band uh you know who, who are also well past their prime uh 30 seconds to mars with their album it's the end of the world but it's a beautiful day sebastian take it away so um jared leto man he's back with uh music um i don't think there's really much to really say with this album it is boring as all heck um they they're they're definitely going in a very very pop oriented direction um it's not it's not the worst i guess it's not like it's not ear piercing by any means i mean there's oh actually no there's one song i think it's um i think it's love these days or world on fire there's another song on here where he interjects like or uh just injects some weird like screaming vocals like over the top of like a pop instrumental and I'm like come on you're not sleep token don't do this. <laughs> um and also it's very Imagine Dragonsy. Like it, this is like there were a couple songs where I swear to god I thought it was Dan Reynolds featured but it's not him it's still Jared somehow. I don't know how that happened, but he does a really good Dan Reynolds impression. Um, yeah, it was just really just boring, trite, kind of like pop. And I I don't know, man. I mean, A Beautiful Lie, great album. Uh, definitely Jared in his like edgy phase, like in his like fucking 30s and shit. I, I, I guess that's fine. You know, he did it better than MGK in his 30s going pop punk. So well, I'll give him that. Um this album though it's just really it was just really long uh for what it was i know it's 33 minutes but like that it still felt like it took forever uh it just it had really no like it had no through line through it it was just the most like basic ass bitch pop ever with a little bit of weird scream vocals interjected um i i guess that's really it I just, I'm really disappointed because I always kind of thought this band was pretty good. And then this is kind of like, okay, well, it's definitely, it's definitely, oh, it's definitely, um, it's definitely here that they are, uh, not really doing anything anymore that's worth of, uh, not really worth my time. So, uh, five out of 10. Yeah, no, that's a fair take, you know. Um, they've definitely been like going for a more pop direction though for a couple years now, I'd say, but like the first, into that was really on uh this is war i would say it was definitely like still rock you know but like more on like the experimental kind of like you know new wave op rock opera type thing that was the first ten of it and then they did love lust faith and dreams which honestly is a pretty cool electronic rock album there's a lot of cool songs on there like up in the air city of angels do or die um but it's definitely like you know far from how amazing they were on A Beautiful Lie. That is that is the epitome of 30 Seconds to Mars, still, in my opinion. I mean, it's just that good. It's a really fucking good album, and it's definitely worth checking out if you still haven't. But America, their last album, was definitely a huge shift in their music direction where they kind of embraced pop more and really kind of, like, dropped a lot of the rock elements of it all. Um but still having some cool songs like Walk on Water wasn't bad, Dangerous Night, Rescue Me. They had a couple songs that featured uh, ASAP Rocky and uh, another one that featured Halsey back then. So that was uh, pretty interesting to see those two on a 30 Seconds to Mars album. And now we're here on It's the End of the World, But It's a Beautiful Day, uh, which is easily the worst album in their whole catalog. There's like no argument there. This is very bland pop. Very Imagine Dragons, pop, as Sebastian was mentioning. Very, you know, uninspired. It's 
it's sad, you know, because it's like they, they're just kind of like coming out with this shit. And apparently they were like, you know, doing interviews and everything where they say this is like their most mature album yet and like some of their best material and blah, blah, blah. Like I'm very obviously throwing shit, just like trying to get this album promoted, I guess, when there was like little to no promotion already on this album. I mean, Stuck, I think, is like the worst single that they've ever put out. And it's very annoying. I guess it's kind of catchy, you know, but in the sense of like, literally an Imagine Dragons catchy where it's like you don't want this song stuck in your head. You really are trying your best to avoid it at all costs. But um yeah, I mean it's just very strange lyrics and everything. Questionable lyrics I would say from Jared Leto. Uh slow songs that just go absolutely nowhere. No energy. Um I really think the only fun moment on here for me was the song midnight prayer which if i'm not mistaken was his brother on vocals because it did not sound like jared at all and i can only assume that his brother was doing the vocals then and he actually did a pretty damn good job his song on here was better than his uh solo song that he had on uh america but uh even then it's not at all saving this album you know like I said, though, it's not the worst thing. I don't know if I actually said this yet, but it's not the worst thing this year either, much like the Puddle of Mud album. It's just very sad to see that this band has gone down this road of, like, you know, not seeming to care what the audience wants, what their fans want, really, and just, I guess, playing it safe. But if this is playing it safe for their standards, this is, like, this is very much unsafe at the end of the day. Um, I still give it a 5.5 out of 10 at the end of the day here and it's you know like i said their worst album to date but it, it it is what it is you know i mean if they if they start to play um more of their older songs and shit i'm still going to the shows and uh i mean a beautiful lie we're two years away from the 20th anniversary so maybe we'll get a whole tour on that and i'll actually get like that would get the fans going. That would be something that people would really want to go see. A whole tour dedicated to that album with only those songs. I'd be there. That's for damn sure. But I rest my case. Uh, Trent, though, take it away. Yeah. Uh, this whole album sounds like a modern Christian inspirational group. Like It, it, it kind of do Christian pastor level shit. Yeah, it really... Especially the song... Uh, never not love you. Never not love you sounds like like a song like crying out to God in a time of despair. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, um, it does. Yeah, um, that and like I think the song, other songs that like really bring it out uh, is "Love These Days" and "World on Fire." I, I mean, the, all those three. Well, at least "Love These Days" and "World on Fire" sound the same. Um, but yeah, it's. I I 100% agree with Nate. Like it's unfortunate to see a band like this and like Puddle of Mud like so high up back in the day, and then now it's just like so far low. It just fell off. Yeah, I mean, like we all know that uh, that he went a little off, a little wacky uh, with the a little silly. (laughs) That's a good Uh, way of putting it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I don't know if that like influenced any of the music or what, but I don't know. Uh, really, like as far as basic the instrumentals uh, and as the album go, it really didn't do it for me. I unfortunately I don't think there's anything I like really liked, uh, with the exception of the length only being like a half hour, which was pretty nice. Uh, it still felt like it dragged though. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm giving it the same scores in a puddle of mud. It's four out of ten for this one as well. So there you go. All right. Well, moving along here, we got a new album from Madison Beer, Silence Between Songs. Uh Trent, take it away. Oh boy. I didn't like the last Madison Beer album, and I sure as hell don't like this one. <laughs> um Yeah, and I'm to be hundred percent honest. It really sounds like her 2020 or 2021 release, uh, just trying to be more melancholy, uh, and it, like an attempt to be like melodic, uh, I guess you could say. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, not much to say. Uh, just kind of wish there was something else, like something different about it. Um, also, fucking dragged. What is that? Like forty something minutes. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Or like, 
Yeah, 44 minutes, 14 songs. Like, ooh, boy. Um, yeah. The only cool thing uh, that I thought was, like, really interesting, we'll say, uh, in the song Nothing Matters But You, where she's, she says falling at the end of the second verse, the piano, like, very faintly in the background plays, like, descending notes, which is, that's a cool touch. I kind of like that. I'll give you credit there. Um, that was like the only thing that I was like, oh, that's pretty nice. Um, it's a three out of 10 for me. Uh, I don't know. I just wish it was something different. I think is really all we do. We need more different things and not the same shit. Right. No, I get you. Um, I have to say though, I still like life support from 21, like her debut album. I was pretty impressed that it sounded as good as it was despite her kind of being looped into like those very basic yet somehow kind of popular pop acts, you know, like Mm -hmm. the true definition of a generic pop act, not like, you know, back in high school where you're like a metalhead and like angsty and like, this is just generic pop when it's like fucking. No. Yeah. That's what I mean. You know, when I said like, you know, we need different stuff, not the same shit. Being looped into that is just like, it's not good, but like, and the thing is though, like on that album, she had that song, uh, what was it called here? Wait, what the hell? The, okay, wow, the... Oh, that's the set list. Never mind, that's why it was weird. Uh, the song Follow the White Rabbit actually is a really cool, like... It's, like, kind of, like, rocky and synth-pop kind of blend, you know? And she did it, like, really well. It kind of reminded me of, like, what, like, Rina Sawayama did on the Sawayama album. You know, just that, like, rock influence kind of blended in there. And, like, even this whole album had, like, you know, good blends of R&B, synth-pop, dance-pop, got a little folky, a little indie. You know, it was cool. It had diversity. And for a debut, that really made me excited to see what she would do next. And unfortunately, she's kind of just, like, I don't know, going getting a little, like, you know, generic R&B here a little bit. With, I guess, like, you know, a psychedelic rock flair of some sort that you know sure she does it fine like she executes it fine her singing voice is good um and nothing is bad it's just so boring to me and i it's not even that long of an album like we said only 44 minutes but man you're i, I will give you that trend it drags it does drag mm-hmm. for me and i just it, it's disappointing i thought she would be able to like you know come up with a more blend of an album like she did on that debut or and with that improve upon what she did on the debut and do something that sounds more mature for her because i mean like yes she, this is our sophomore album but like you know to have such a powerful start in the scene with like not only the life support album but i'm pretty sure her ep as she pleases also did some numbers as well uh singles like dead and home with you uh definitely like charted you know or at least like um it went like gold both the singles i'm pretty sure went gold so yeah it's a little bit of a fall-off but it's nothing bad per se it's a six out of ten for me nothing really memorable about this album it's just you know there's piano ballads there's some light instrumentation from drums and guitar work you know there's some cool somewhat like orchestrally stuff going on mixed in throughout there but nothing of you know nothing of note unfortunately for me so yeah that's my take sebastian I thought it was pretty okay. Um, It's definitely nothing I have not heard before. And I know that's kind of like a huge complaint across the board. And I I definitely see it. Uh, For me, what kind of just separates a little bit more is I, for some reason, kind of was um, inclined to believe a lot of the things she was saying. Uh, Music, like I say, is a believability thing. You know, it's kind of like acting. You have to make you have to make the audience believe that you are this person that you're coming across as in your music, um, whether or not it's like truly you or not. Um, and I think Madison kind of sells that. I don't think it's like a crazy grand uh, Bowie esque personality or anything like that, but there's a lot of like somber bits in here that I felt like were really well portrayed. Her vocals are really nice, warm, uh, well-rounded and she does a good job at, using that to convey her lyrics with a lot of just nuance um the instrumentals here could be a little bit more jazzed up i guess could be a little bit more a little bit more something a little bit more uh filled with substance 
but I, for what it's worth, I mean, it's pop. It's supposed to be accessible for the 99% out there that don't listen to shit like Sprain. So I keep bringing Sprain up. It's just, it's the only thing I can think of that's like truly just weird as shit right now. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's supposed to be accessible. This is, you're not like, this is like going to, let's just say like an Olive Garden. You know, you're not... <laughs> you're not getting like anything like oh my god this is mind-blowing uh maybe i guess the bread sticks for some people but you know it's it's olive garden you're, it's not the most insane thing but also it's better than just going to like rallies and having your stomach implode the next day um I, i'm a big fan of rallies myself but it'll probably fuck me up after eating it so i guess olive garden wouldn't be that bad of an option once in a while uh, so yeah, that's what this is. It's musical Olive Garden. It's not bad. It's not amazing, but it gets it. It fills a certain niche, and I think she does it well. Uh, I definitely would like to see more personality coming off in future releases. Uh, as Nate said, a little bit more, just a little bit more something with the music that isn't just you know. Here's a pop ballad. Here's a Here's a sad song. Here's a happier song. Obviously, it's pop. I'm not expecting anything crazy, but I don't know. I feel like there could be something here because I do feel a lot of genuineness from her voice. And I feel like that could come off later in a better album with some like just more grand instrumentals, maybe like an Adele type thing. I don't know. Just something that can really make me want to be like oh yeah i'm a madison beer fan now you know um just something but other than that i think this is a little bit better than the debut it get it, there's a little bit more personality here at least at least just in the vocals um instrumentals definitely lacked a bit more on this album but i feel like the intent here was a little bit more genuine at least what i was hearing um i can give this one a seven out of ten Hell yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, moving along. We got a new album from once again this year, Nas with Magic 3. Yes, Nas is back with the final installment of both the Magic series and his album run with Hit Boy, uh, his sixth and final album with Hit Boy. It's crazy that this decade he has come out with six albums, all with Hit Boy, and all of them, in their own way, at least pretty good, you know? Uh, I remember I didn't really care for the first King's Disease, but King's Disease 2 and 3, bangers. Magic 1 and 2, pretty damn good. Not the best thing, but still pretty damn good here. And then uh, we have Magic 3, which is, you know, the send-off. And I gotta say, uh, I don't really think it's anything all that crazy. I mean, a lot of the songs still seem like, you know... He's still on his, like, braggadocious thing, you know, like, he made it, he's done it, you know, he made his money, he's living his life, he's doing good, and uh, that's really, like, the central theme of all of this, you know, and, like, a little bit of, like, you know, emotional moments, like, the based on the true events uh back-to-back songs, um, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, he does it really well, though, and that's why this whole series of theirs, this whole saga, I guess you could say, has just been incredible. Um, I enjoyed the songs. I love this feeling based on true events part two specifically and uh, sitting with my thoughts the most on here. You got a pretty decent little Wayne feature on Never Die. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just pretty damn good hip hop at the end of the day. Not my favorite from, you know, in the whole series or even in the Magic trilogy, but it's definitely still a decent album. It's short, simple to the point. It's a seven out of ten for me. Um Nas really does not do any wrong, and this album still shows. This whole album run has shown that he still got it, despite, you know, being well past, like, you know, since he started. And it's amazing to see that, you know, he can come out with this much material and still sound good when he does it. Uh, Sebastian, though, take it away next. Yeah, it's it's good by... It's good by standards of hip-hop and rap. Uh, as far as a Nas album is concerned, I think this is definitely the weakest one that we've reviewed thus far with uh, Nas on it. And, I mean, I'm not expecting it to be wowing anything or wowing me in any sort of way because King's Disease 2 and 3, really solid fucking albums. Uh, even the last Magic album, 
really fucking good. I mean, my god, the dude definitely is consistent. I mean, he's been rapping since 93 or 4, one of the two, and is still this level of consistent. I'm going to say it again because the dude reiterates points all the time on his album, so I'm going to reiterate some of my points when reviewing his albums. Uh... He definitely still deserves a place in rap. I don't think he's, like, making albums that are anywhere near as bad as some legacy rappers would be doing nowadays. But, yeah, for a guy that's been around since the 90s, I I guess he's still timeless as ever. But, unfortunately, this is definitely, like, a B-sides. It's nothing crazy. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna stick with, like, another uh, 7 out of 10. It's good enough to where I'll save a couple songs, but, like, I don't know, man. It's Nas. What do you expect? Do you expect anything really bad out here? Dude's really consistent. He's still doing it. So, yeah. Can't wait to see what he has next. Oh, yeah. Uh, Trent. Surprisingly, I think this is my favorite Nas release oh. of recent years. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I really liked it. Uh, really solid. Um overall length was like just right uh and honestly for him to release this many fucking albums like in such a short span like it really shows how good he is because like i mean every i know everybody puts Nas on a pedestal which rightfully so he should be on that pedestal uh because he is just that good but yeah i think the Album overall, like I said, probably one of my favorite Nas releases. Like Never Die with Lil Wayne, I thought was a great, great feature to have on there. Uh based on true events, part one and two was really good. The first two tracks, Fever and TSK, great openings. So overall, I gave it an eight out of ten. Is banging. Hell yeah. Good to hear though. Hey, and honestly, there's any of his albums, I feel like anyone is gonna love. If you love hip hop, you're gonna love any of these albums. Like, right, especially East Coast type shit. For real, it's he doesn't miss. He really doesn't. No matter like where you rank it, you know, it's not like it's the worst thing ever. I think I did a little bit of injustice on his uh, King's Disease, the first one. Uh, definitely want to go back to that because I feel like it really was not as bad as I had thought it was initially. But you know, time will tell with that. But still, he does not miss. Go off, Nas. But uh, yeah, moving on to our final album of the day, we got the self-titled Zach Bryan album. Uh, Sebastian, take it away. So I, would you consider this like our first uh, our first um country review? I mean, we've done Casey Musgraves before, and like I I don't know if I count that last one as country though. <laughs> yeah, um, if you yeah, Lumineers too is like kind of like folk. So I guess full, yeah, that's folk. I, I guess full on country. Yeah, I think this really is. But yeah. Like that. Like um, this is like this is our first like country album. Well, interesting. <laughs> I I will say though, for country, at least this is not like a Florida Georgia line, any of that bro shit. Um, you know, try that in a small town type of shit. Uh, this is definitely some good country, at least for me. Um, I I do have a soft spot for quite a bit of country, and it's not like oh I, I like Johnny Cash and uh. I like also Johnny Cash. You know, it's I, I'm I I like quite a bit of country. Um, I, I I've talked about Chris Stapleton on the album Rex and stuff. I've talked about you know um I've talked about Morgan Wallen a little bit. Like I I do like quite a bit of country from now. It's just obviously the more traditional stuff is a little bit more on my radar than not. This guy right here, Zach Bryan, coming out with a really long album. I mean, it's been a huge thing this year for country albums to be, like, close to an hour, or in Morgan Wallen's case, like, over two hours. Um, Yeah, I, I, we're not getting to that one at all. That Dude. one's not worth checking out. Um, As a person who listened to the whole thing, not worth it. Probably two to three good songs, and that's like, yeah. Uh, This one, though, Zach has so much just character so much love so much like just i don't know so much like so much like care or so much charisma i should say the dude really just knows how to write some really good hooks 
you can tell he's not like super obsessed with just being famous and trying to make a name for himself. He's just telling stories that relate to him being, you know, a former Navy vet, uh, just reminiscing on good old times. And that's what a lot of country is. It's all about clinging to that sweet, sweet nostalgia. It's about reminiscing on days gone by you know that's the more conservative nature of country music and not in the bad way either i'm just saying that's just how it is and i think zach pulls it off extremely well it's the production so fucking crisp my fucking god they are giving the guys who engineer for nickelback a run for their money um i, I say that with the best thing possible because i i will always say nickelback has some of the greatest production but yeah i fucking hate them um imagine like I you know me, I don't like <laughs> rock. I, I just yeah. Um, me and Nate over here gripping our chairs. Yeah, but um this album though just has such good fucking production and it's just so squeaky clean. Like you can hear everything from like the pick scrapes on the guitar to just like him like slightly like clearing his throat before singing. It's like just so clear and just beautiful. Um, in the beginning, he kind of has like a little narration about like Fear and Fridays. Uh, he also has like East Side of Sorrow talking about just like just some like good old uh, good old nostalgia there. Uh, hey, driver reminiscing about just like different bars, different things he's passing and just being like, I want to go over here now uh, with the war and treaty. A lot of really good stuff. Uh, even his vocals, I mean, like, they're not just, like, spoken word folky or anything like that. He's got a pretty good set of pipes on him. Uh, he has, like, this just really nice back, you know, super nasal timbre that is, like, really good for that country twang. Uh, it's not overbearing by any means at all for me. Uh, Casey Musgraves also makes a great fucking... Um, rendition on here with i remember everything uh her voice comes in super fucking just oh my god it's like it's just like it's just like polishing a fucking diamond this song is it's it's so fucking beautiful um i will say i'm not a big fan of the lumineers i i hate their bargain bin fucking hipster trash shit uh and i really don't like the fact that like they're still here whatever i don't like them but spotless it's fine. I just hate the Lumineers with every fiber of my being. Um, Oklahoma Sun is a great way to cap off the album as well. Uh, it's just it, it's really fucking good. Uh, I don't want to give too much away because I honestly feel like it's better to listen to it and fully enjoy it and try to listen to the lyrics rather than just have a schlub like me sit here and describe every bit for you. It is well worth the listen. Even if you're not a big fan of country, this might kind of this might want to get your um, shoes fitted out for some boots. You know, <laughs> uh, you might you might want to take a nice shot of like bourbon with this. It's it's a good album. Um, I I know there's a lot of people out there that don't really care about country, and that's fine. You know, I'm not saying this is like the greatest thing ever. Definitely something to uh, look at, especially with just the fucking abysmal crowd of shit country we've been getting in the past like 10 years with pop radio i'm glad to see that something like this is kind of making more mainstream runs along with like chris stapleton too just people that don't really do anything too stupid lyrically and just keep it traditional and also like innovating at the same time uh i definitely one of my favorite records of the year overall as well i'm giving this one a nine out of ten. Oh wow hell yeah wow I'd love to see it uh trent what do you think yeah i'm i'm pretty much in the same boat uh i liked it uh let's start out and give it a music course seven uh it it sounds like some like jam band type stuff uh which is honestly pretty good um especially with like uh how sebastian was talking like the mix just being so crisp but like it reminds me of more uh jam band type uh things it was obviously it's different than what I normally listen to, um, which was it was a nice to kind of like hear that in the week uh, with like next to I think I would have it next to Puddle of Mud and uh, Thirty Seconds to Mars. So like having that in between those two was like it was a weird shift. <laughs> um, only thing that got me was the length. Uh, 
but the the difference in like going from like slower songs to like more happy and like I guess you could say like faster songs was a nice touch. So overall, uh, I think it was really well crafted, really 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 well done. Uh, I think was he the guy who got arrested after the show, like in Cleveland or something after a show? Is that uh, him? I believe so. Let me see. I think I think my sister because my sister was a huge. Um, so I so a bunch of people posted on an Instagram. It was just a picture of him. Wait, in Cleveland or Oklahoma? Because he was arrested in Oklahoma. Was it? I don't know. It might have been Oklahoma. I don't know. Yeah, he was detained in Oklahoma. That was the one. Yeah, that's what okay. it was. That's what I was thinking. Oh. I just remember that fucking that mugshot. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. Overall, I think was, I think he did a good job. Hell yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, country's still not fully my thing at all, but uh, with this album, honestly, it definitely was something I can tolerate a hell of a lot more than most. I mean, I I sure as fuck am not going to try to go for that Morgan Wallen album. You will not catch me trying a two-hour country album. That's that's just too much. I'll fuck up my Spotify algorithm. It, it just won't be fun. It's not going to be a good day. Um, Maybe sometime in the future on YouTube, where I won't fuck anything up there. Um, but, no, this one, it, it was really nice. It was pretty soothing. Um, a little slow at some points, but, I mean, like, nothing crazy. I personally would have loved if this whole album sounded very close to, like, that first song, Fear and Fridays, the poem that he had, because it felt more spoken word, right? Like, country spoken word. And I was like, dude, if this whole album is like this, I could really get behind it. Like, as long as it didn't do anything corny, maybe it had like a little dark tone to it and everything, I would have been all over that. But alas, it was still just like a, you know, a pretty standard but good sounding uh, country album. Um, excuse me. Um, yeah, unfortunately, not really much else to it for me. Uh, probably going to give this one a couple more listens, maybe. And maybe I'll have a higher rating even by the end of the year. Who knows? Um, definitely want to like check out more of his material and see, uh, you know, kind of where he started and everything. Uh, but at the end of the day, this is a six and a half out of 10 for me. And, uh, yeah, go off Zach Bryan. Gotta love it. But all right, that's going to do with the new week before we go album recommendees. Uh, Trent, do you got anything for us to start out? Uh, I do. Uh, I don't know what you guys have done in recent weeks, but, um, there's a song that's been going around, uh, TikTok, Instagram, anything like that. Uh, a little song by Super Heaven um, called "Youngest Daughter," uh, and it it's a good song. Uh, I think the the Jar album is actually pretty decent for the most part. Uh, songs like "Sponge," "Life in a Jar," um, "Youngest Daughter," uh, and "Hole in the Ground." Uh, like those are pretty good songs. So go listen to Jar. Uh, if you you've probably heard the song "Youngest Daughter" if you're on social media, um, but the rest of the album is actually pretty good. So it came out in 2013, which is funny because like I think just last week Super Heaven re-uploaded uh, the song "Youngest Daughter" on their YouTube. Oh yeah, yeah. As like a oh now this song is getting you know credibility like i'm gonna re-upload it really quick (laughs) (laughs) right get those um yeah get the views but no honestly it's a it's a pretty decent album it's only 12 songs 41 minutes so go check it out if you if you like that song and those memes um go check out the rest of the album it's pretty good yeah i really need to check that one out that's been like kind of like a big list one i always see it pop up like the album cover and everything and i I yeah oh i always just forget to add it so like i just added it now to my spotify I'm no you would definitely like it it's shoegaze um, it sounds like yeah like it's shoegaze yeah, post grunge. yeah i it kind of i mean it's got some some butt rock vibes too hey we love it we love it here. i was gonna say you especially yeah you, you and i butt rock fans you know we button those rocks together if you know what i'm saying oh, oh dap me up okay <laughs> um <laughs> yeah hell yeah so uh I got a album here from the band uh, Proto Martyr called Under Color of Official Right. It is a post-punk, noise-rocky type of band. Uh, they're actually from Detroit, but I thought they were British because the vocalist kind of sounds like he's got like a thick accent. But uh, I mean, maybe he actually is from Britain, or maybe like he actually just is good at doing those vocals. Probably the latter, but even then. 
Um, they came out with an album this year that I really wasn't too hot about, but like I wanted to look into the uh, this album specifically because it was on a music meme page and it's got a dog on the album cover and like it just reminded me of the meme like this is what I mean when I say I got that dog in me. So I was like, I gotta check out this album. You know, it's a sign, and it is. It's a really cool post punk album. It's got like really you know indie instrumentation and everything. And I would say like the post punk vibe kind of comes from like you know, uh, some of the more upbeat moments throughout the album, along with his vocal style. Uh, it's really cool. It's very different. Some songs on here that I was able to save. Uh, it's got a dog. It, uh, yeah, it's got that dog. Um, <laughs> it, oh, you're not talking about the one from this year. No, no, no. I'm talking about... Uh, Shit, I thought you said they, said they put on an album this year. Like, that doesn't have a dog on the cover. <laughs> they did, yeah. It wasn't really big with it, like I said, but... Yeah, uh, the other one does. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, uh, Ain't So Simple, Pagans, Scum Rise, and I Stare at Floors are some of my favorites. Uh, if you like post-punk, definitely worth checking out. Proto-Martyr, Under Color of Official Right. Sebastian, what you got today? Today, um, actually, let me, get, let me ask you guys the question. Do you want to cry? Yes. Always. Do you want to cry for 43 minutes and 43 seconds? It's a specific time, but yeah, I'm down. So, so um, for 43 minutes and 43 seconds, if you want to cry for a whole album, you should listen to Sufjan Stevens' Carrie and Lowell. Um, oh, I have heard that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's sad. Um, <laughs> album cover kind of gives it away, too. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's essentially uh, Sufjan's, uh, the one half of St- Sufjan Stevens' Um, going through just the traumatic loss of his mother, who was schizophrenic, and also just just constantly checking out, and also had cancer, and a whole bunch of it. Just oh, it's it's a sad listen. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but it's very folky. Uh, Sufjan has like these really beautiful falsetto just notes that are just so like just just mesmerizing and also foreboding at the same time because if just when you thought okay well i'm done crying i'm done with the first song i should be okay you know i i ran out of tears dude ariana grande said it best you're gonna be picking them up because there's gonna be a lot more tears to cry my friend because it only gets worse and then just when you thought Okay, I'm a man now. I've picked up my britches. I'm ready to get on with the day. You listen to the third song, and you start crying even more. Uh, it's just, it's good. Uh, that's that's all I gotta say. It's a, it's a good, uh, it's a good time. Well, it's not a good time, but it's a, it's a good album. Uh, if you have a rainy day where you just want to sit down in your bed on your back and listen to some good fucking music that will make you think, um, this album is it. It's very good. It has that very rustic photo of uh, the parents here. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's fucking sad. So uh, go listen to it. You heard the man. There you have it. All right. That is the episode. Trent Sebastian, as always, thank you for joining. Yes. We will see you guys in the next episode. This has been the Music Corner of State of Waits, and we are safe.